This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the e-commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia. And this week, it is just me doing a solo episode. And what I wanted to do is do a pulse check. It's almost the middle of 2023. How are things going? What are the big themes that I've been seeing over the past few months? And what are we looking at for the rest of the year in the world of retail media and marketplaces. So I want to start with recapping a couple of the big themes from 2023 that I've been taking note of so far and plan to do a little bit more thinking and content about in the future. I would really love to hear from listeners of the show if you have some thoughts on on these topics. You know, having a podcast is shouting into the night, really. Um, I I do hear from people occasionally who say that they love listening to the show um, and it's part of their sort of regular rotation of listens. But uh, it is hard to get feedback on specific topics. So if you listen to the show regularly or occasionally, I would love to hear what you think about these topics and what you'd like to hear more about. So recapping um, the, the topics from this year, one is non-endemic advertising on Amazon is something that really first came onto my radar last year when I was at the um, Amazon Unboxed conference, their advertising focus conference um, back in, I I believe it was October. And this was a big showcase event for Amazon showing the latest and greatest in advertising capabilities. They were talking a lot at that event about contextual advertising in the DSP. So, you know, these are things that are new and exciting with Amazon. And what I noticed at the event, even though it wasn't called out specifically, but just looking at the types of advertisers they were bringing onto the stage and the examples that Amazon was sharing, a lot of it were, a lot of these examples were from what we call non-endemic brands. So brands that don't sell physical items on Amazon.com, not necessarily products that you're searching for and finding on Amazon. So car companies and insurance companies and things like that. So just sort of reading the subtext here, reading between the lines, this is a huge growth opportunity for Amazon advertising. I don't think that they're anywhere near saturation point for endemic consumer brands, but I think that they were certainly trying to use these examples to woo non-endemic brands, which uh, there is a lot more growth there when you think about those types of companies. So a few things that I noticed as, as I've been thinking about this is all of the media channels that Amazon has, there's not just when when you think of advertising on Amazon, most people would think of, you know, advertising on the search results page or in the app. But Amazon has 
a huge variety of media channels today as well, from Thursday Night Football to Freevee to Amazon Music, um, Audible, Kindle, all of these places where they're not just collecting data about your preferences and who you like to read and what you like to watch and, you know, do you have kids watching Paw Patrol and things like that. They're collecting all that data, but those are also places that advertisers can buy advertising inventory. So it's very attractive as a, as a media channel, not just because of what they know about you, but where they're able to reach you as well. So what does this mean for the usual listener of this podcast, which is a consumer brands? Um, well, I think that this is going to create possibly a little bit more competition for you. If Amazon is able to tap into this whole new network of advertisers who are coming in and bidding on those same placements that you might want to, that's going to drive costs up conceivably and create a little bit more competition there. So this is one area, I, I don't think that people are really talking about this as much as they they should be. I certainly plan to get into this topic a little bit more. I would love to hear from, from you if you've noticed something interesting here or you're seeing something, some trends in this space, please, please get in touch. I'd love to um, explore it a little bit more. Another topic that we have covered in 2023 that I was really excited about was metrics on the Amazon DSP. And we did a whole research project on this topic around what kind of metrics should you be looking at with Amazon DSP. And uh, I really recommend going back and, and looking at this, this paper that we put together and, and a framework because it talks about going beyond ROAS and impressions and the, the metrics that you generally see on a dashboard produced by Amazon or, or other solution providers as well, ad tech providers. And it was our view that these sort of standard metrics, which aren't standard, by the way, <laughs> every retail media network is using a different way of calculating those things. That's a, a separate topic. But, um, you know, these metrics aren't necessarily serving your objectives, particularly this big focus on return on ad spend or, you know, any kind of ROI based metric that is really not helping brands who are looking for to grow their share of voice, to grow in their category, um, or even brands that might have a new product launch or things like that. You're looking to grow incremental revenue. ROAS is really going to end up shooting you in the foot there. It can be so easily gamed and really put a put a ceiling on your growth capability. So what we looked at was through the customer journey, what kind of metrics are going to be best served for different stages of the consumer journey and different objectives for a brand. And we came up with over 20 metrics that can be used. You don't need to be tracking 20 metrics but you should be tracking metrics that better suit your brand's goals and ambitions and um, objectives. So we're continuing to build that out at Acadia and use that with our clients and highly recommend going back and having a look at that. What I'm looking forward to talking about more through the rest of the year and exploring more with our team, a few things here. One, we just as a preview, and I won't talk about it too much because we're going to get more into the weeds here, is um, what we're calling the Single ASIN Strategy 2.0. You may be familiar with the Single ASIN Strategy in an Amazon advertising context, which is very simply setting up 
advertising campaigns at the ASIN level, which enables a lot more control and strategy to be brought in at the ASIN level. And it's very granular. Lots of companies are seeing great results, but what we, we're putting a new spin on it, which is bringing a organic optimization strategy and the single ASIN strategy together uh, in a holistic way. So think about doing keyword research that's sort of not just driven by what's showing up as in, in your PPC campaigns is performing well, but looking at the whole universe of keywords, whether that's competitor driven, category driven, some insights from PPC, and then scoring those according to the opportunity in terms of monthly traffic for that keyword, and then also the the competitiveness of it with ads. From there, we're going to optimize uh, ASIN for those keywords that are high potential and ideally low competition and build a strategy around that that is inclusive of paid and organic optimization. So for a brand who is very aggressive and you know has really big ambitions in a category, we might be going after a very competitive high volume keyword. And that's what it's going to take to win in a category. That's going to be quite costly to go after because we're going to need to be putting ad spend against a very like broad high volume keyword. But the goal, the benefit of getting there is going to be very substantial. And we might can contrast that with a brand who is really looking to be precise with their ad spend and marketing spend. And we might be looking for these sort of high volume, low competition keywords and really going after those. So we've seen really great results from enabling this strategy with our clients at Acadia. We'll be sharing a little bit more about that strategy in um, later in this year. So please um, keep your ears out for for that. We'll be talking about it on the podcast as well as in the content from Acadia. So excited to share more about that this year. Another thing that we're going to be looking at in a lot more detail this year that I'm excited about is walmart.com. So we, <laughs> this has a long history. I've been very interested in what walmart.com has been doing for a long time, both on the Walmart Connect advertising side, as well as the marketplace. And this year, 2023, is the year I really feel like Walmart is coming into its own, delivering on its position and promise to be a challenger to Amazon and providing brands with more options. I've felt very encouraged in conversations with brands as well about their willingness to test Walmart and go there, even for these sort of premium brands that you wouldn't imagine on the shelf in a Walmart store. I'm seeing good indicators, um, although Walmart hasn't shared this data themselves, but just good indicators that the Walmart online shopper is really sort of including those wealthier shoppers and people who are sort of there for convenience as opposed to the in-store shopper may have a slightly different demographic. Still sort of teasing out exactly what that looks like, but that is the more people I speak with about that concept, the more I'm sort of finding data to support that. So even these brands that haven't necessarily gone the Walmart store route in the past are looking at walmart.com. Walmart has come through on a number of fronts. One is with advertising, obviously changing from 
a first price auction to a second price auction format made the uh, Walmart Connect proposition much more appealing to a lot more advertisers and were able to really capture some better returns through Walmart Connect today. And also they have been investing in content capabilities, the equivalent of A-plus pages or enhanced brand content um, on walmart.com is back again. We're able to, to, to leverage that. It's called feature sets. And um, so that really allows brands to create that branded experience, that immersive experience and showcase more of their products and features and brand story than, than what was possible with the bullet points and text descriptions. So Walmart, super bullish there, excited about the opportunities for brands there. A couple of other topics I'm I would, again, love to get listener feedback on on this. One is around Amazon facing the innovator's dilemma. And um, a couple of recent conversations on the podcast have helped inform this, as well as some commentary from other people that I respect. So there was a great podcast um, interview I did with Brian Walker from Bloomreach a few episodes ago, talking about Amazon sort of losing touch, uh, sort of losing its mojo and how, you know, its reliance on its ad business inherently creates a conflict with the consumer experience. And I thought it was a really good argument to make and very strong. If you look at uh, a number of comparisons people have made between the the user experience on Amazon a couple of years ago versus today, there are just so many more ads and that can that can create a negative customer experience. People don't like feeling like everything is is sponsored, even though I would say a lot of people don't realize that on Amazon, but occasionally you are reminded that something is an ad placement. And for a lot of people, it feels kind of icky and they're not finding what they want to find. And I think everyone has had this experience when you're searching for something very, you know, that's a little bit more of a commodity, like a, a keyboard or something like that on Amazon. And you just served up all of these products that look essentially the same from brands that you've never heard of and really sort of questionable, you know, differentiators there. And that has created a pretty negative experience for, for consumers who can't find a brand that they recognize and an easy way to, to sort of make decisions on Amazon that way. There's no sort of, there's no screening of what's being put onto Amazon. And that really has been the whole point of a marketplace is to have an endless assortment, but to what degree could that be eventually undermining the customer experience is, is a really good question. Amazon has you know, focused more on profitability over the past year or so. We saw that in their Q1 results that um, profitability had really exceeded market expectations while revenue was sort of just in line with that. And a lot of the, the changes to policies around returns and getting rid of, you know, laying off a lot of people in the Amazon Alexa division and even advertising and certainly that continued trend of downsizing the, the Amazon vendor management team, those are all things that contribute to a fairly difficult experience for brands selling to Amazon 
um, as well as potentially that customer experience. So pretty interesting to, to track this. Amazon has, all, you know, Jeff Bezos has that saying about day one versus day two, and Amazon must always be in day one because day two represents complacency and arrogance and the potential to be disrupted. And so I'm interested in following this thread around Amazon, you know, ultimately being disrupted now that it is definitely, you know, has maintained that top dog of e-commerce position for a number of years now. And finally, I'm interested in following the thread of retail media network launches. I'm planning on putting a some analysis out fairly soon about retail media launches over the past 10 years and how those launch announcements were very much concentrated in 2021 and 2022. And I would say just sort of my early look at the data suggests that out of 60 or so retail media launches in the past 10 years, at least half of those were in 2021 and 2022. We haven't seen a great number of, of retail media networks launch in 2023. And I'm, I'm I ha- there's a couple of hypotheses here. One is there are few retailers with retail media networks left to launch. They have all come to the table, either leveraging an aggregator like Critio or Citrus Ad or Promote IQ or have launched their own. So there's just few retailers left with something to launch. Or secondly, it's sort of become apparent that there's only so much advertising dollars to go around and brands really kind of hit their limit in terms of the number of retail media networks they can manage appropriately. There isn't a great deal of cost or effort reduction going from retail media network to retail media network. Amazon, of course, has the most features, very sophisticated, lots of you know expertise required to manage that channel appropriately. But if you're talking about a smaller retail media network on a Citrus ad or a Critio even, you might be spending 10% of what you're spending on Amazon, but you still need someone coming up with the strategy, adjusting the bids, reporting on it, assessing how things are going. So it's not like there's a one-to-one increase or reduction in effort or resources required for each retail media ad network that you add to your lineup. And so I, I think that this, you know, this ecosystem of, you know, dozens of retail media networks vying for brand dollars is under a lot of pressure. So I'm, I'm this is one piece of research that's going to come out soon, sooner rather than later from me. I would love to get some feedback on this as well and um, how you're thinking about um, allocating retail media budget I did see a stat from McKinsey a few weeks ago saying that on average, a brand will typically have four retail media networks that they are actively engaging, which when I look at the number of particularly grocery retail media networks, um, something is not adding up there. (laughs) So um, this will be an interesting theme to watch in 2023 for sure. And then finally, we have Prime Day coming up. Every year around this time, there is a little groan that people let out realizing that we're coming up to Prime Day and it's uh, we're going to need to 
to do all that all over again. We did just release in the last two weeks a couple of good conversations um, with subject matter experts at Acadia about how to prepare both from an operational and organic marketing standpoint as well as paid advertising. So if you're sort of in the throes of Prime Day prep or starting to think about what to do, certainly go back and listen to those two podcast episodes and we have a a write-up summary on the Acadia blog as well that we'll link to in the show notes here. So that's it for this week. I just wanted to share again what the big themes of 2023 have been so far, what's coming down the pipe. Again, this is sort of more of a personal take and a call really. If, if you have heard something that you're interested in, please do reach out, reach out with some commentary that, that you have. I always love engaging with listeners of the show to hear what's going on in your world. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>